We want to welcome everybody back here to the Vintage Christian Truth Podcast, where we share real truth for real people to have real life in Jesus. And so glad to uh, to be back here on the podcast with my good friend, Pastor Brian Sawyer of Fairview Baptist Church in Sampson, Alabama. And uh, today we're continuing uh, season one with episode two, where hopefully now we're going to begin to discuss spiritual gifts. And we're going to kind of, you know, that's a very broad topic. So we're going to focus kind of primarily tonight on the uh, more common or ordinary gifts of the Holy Spirit that he has given the church and how every single one of us has at least one spiritual gift. And so we want to talk about what some of these gifts are and maybe how we can use them more effectively in the church all for the glory of God. So, Pastor Brian, how are you doing tonight? And I'm doing well. Um the uh busy day today but you know what day isn't busy so uh so i'm doing good and 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 excited to be back on here tonight and and uh looking forward to some more good conversation about the church um we, we've talked for uh we've been talking for for several months about uh sam and i are both in ministry and and been talking for several months uh, really you could go back to the beginning of our friendship and and how can we best serve the church um that's been an ongoing conversation and so uh so any uh, any discussion he and I get to have about how we can serve the church better, and certainly any time we get the opportunity to speak to an audience about how uh, we as as believers in Jesus can serve the church better, uh, you know that that gets me excited. We 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 bring God glory as we serve one another and use the gifts that He's given us uh, by by measure of grace is the way the Bible kind of lays that out that that we've each been given a measure of grace with. Uh, spiritual gifts that he intends for us to use uh to, to build his church encourage people and 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 uh, allow folks to see his glory more so uh so yeah i'm glad to be here and excited to uh to get to talking man we're, we're preachers we're never short on words i don't think <laughs> that's I, I completely agree with you now let me ask you this and i know for our audience that may be listening here to our podcast would you agree with the with the statement you know that every single christian has at least one spiritual gift i would i would I, I think it's uh i mean every christian has the indwelling presence of the holy spirit yep. every every christian is a christian fully because of the grace of god 100 percent. and so uh if if the grace of god is what gives us those gifts and and we call them spiritual gifts because they're they're ministered to us by the spirit uh, and the Spirit works in us to use those gifts for the glory of God, then I can't imagine a scenario where uh, where each of us don't have gifts. And, and if I remember correctly, when Paul is discussing those gifts, he says, you each. Like, like if Paul even, I mean, it pretty much says in the Bible that, that we've each been given a spiritual gift that God intends for us to use for his glory. So, so uh, yeah, I think that's a biblical principle and, and something that... Uh, something that the uh, early church fathers did not disagree on. They disagreed on several things, uh, but, but the, the use of our gifts in, in corporate worship as well as uh, opportunities outside the church has never been something that's been disputed. Yes, that's well said. You know, when, and like you're referencing 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, you know, the Apostle Paul there says, to each person is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And so we would all agree that if you're listening tonight and, and you're a born-again Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. Uh, 
if you go to First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, Paul clearly indicates that you have been baptized uh, in the Holy Spirit. You've been baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ, um, that you have the fullness of the Holy Spirit. You don't just have half of them and these other quote unquote, you know, super elite Christians have more of the Holy Ghost than you do. No, if you're a child of God, you have the fullness of the Holy Spirit within you. You're now the temple of God and you have the full power and anointing of the Holy Spirit upon you. And part of having God, the Holy Spirit within you is that he has also gifted you with at least one spiritual gift, meaning it is a gift that has come from God, the Holy Spirit, and he has sovereignly decided who gets what gifts or what combination of gifts. And um, so we want you to, to be excited tonight to know that uh, you do have a gift given to you by the Holy Spirit, and now it's up to us to kind of fan the flame of that gift or be a good steward of that gift and use it for the common good. Now, um, that's uh, to me, Brian, that's such an important point when you talk about the, the Holy Spirit giving us gifts. We all have one, and the reason we have one is not to make much of ourselves, but it's to build up our fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord so that Christ may be better known and glorified. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. Um, uh, you know, and I have, I have conversations with folks often about, um, about why they're not in church. Um, you know, we've got, I can't think of many churches, um, and, you know, especially in the Southeast that, uh, where their role is an accurate representation of who's at church on Sunday. Like, uh, you know, in, in new church plants, that's, that's kind of easy, but, but in established churches, especially, uh, our church is well over a hundred years old, you know, and in that sort of scenario, there's, there's, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have a lot of people on your role that, that, uh, you know, they might not have seen the inside of the church in years. And, yeah. and uh, and, you know, but there's some, and, and we, you know, maybe, maybe you're listening to this and, and you're one of these that, that you love Jesus. Um, at least, I mean, you, you really believe that you're a, that you're a genuine born again believer. Um, and there was a time when you can, uh, maybe it wasn't that long ago, but there was a time where you were in church every time the door was open yep. and, uh, and, and maybe something happened, maybe somebody upset you. Uh, maybe you got, you got caught up in this thing where you had to work for several weekends in a row and you just, you didn't go, you couldn't go for those weekends. So then when you finally got weekends off again, you just, you didn't want to do anything. You just want to stay at home or, you know, and, and, you know, do not crucify me over this, uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, my, I've got a 15 year old son. Uh, he's a good baseball player. He's, 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 uh, yeah, we enjoy it. We there's nothing me and my wife love to do more than watch him play baseball. Um, but you know, I know I have a lot of friends, people that I love, people that I care about, um, who will tell you that they're Christians, but uh, but they're at a ball tournament every weekend. And and yep. when it when when you live life that way, uh, you know what you're saying is that you have chosen, uh, you know, to allow something else whether it's the beach or baseball softball or uh you know 
just laying on the couch or or the grill or whatever like like <laughs> you what you've what you've done is you've allowed that thing to be more important to you than the people of god and uh and 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 demonstrating your love for jesus by being committed to the local body and so i have a lot of conversations with people uh about why they're not in church and um one of the things i tell them uh you know you're you're missed when you're not there. And the way Paul lays out the gifts in, in 1 Corinthians 12 is, you know, some of us are, some of us are the, are the, you know, make up the mouth of the body. Some of us make up the foot. Like we each have gifts. And, and, uh, Definitely. and, and whenever a, a church body has been assembled by God, but then somebody don't show up, well, well, you go try to run a race, you know, with, with you know one of your feet tied up i mean you know you can't uh you, you know try to try to play catch with your kid with one arm tied behind your back i mean it's it's difficult to function when all your pieces ain't there and uh <laughs> and if and if you know if a church is looking to be missional a church is looking to uh share the gospel faithfully not only in, the, in their own community but in communities outside of yours let's say we want to do state missions or national missions or or uh, or global missions how is the church supposed to function at 100% whenever there's, you know, there's pieces of it missing? Uh, it, it just, it just makes it extremely difficult for your church uh, to do the things that, that God has called us to do uh, when, when all of its members are not, are not present and using their gifts to, uh, to build the church up and help it accomplish its purpose. No, that's well said. You know, I, I think about when you talk about baseball, you know, I, I love baseball and, and you think about baseball on, on the diamond, you have nine players. And I mean, right. can you imagine, and I know you probably had these experiences when I pitched in high school, you know, and the batter would hit a ground ball to say your third baseman and he's out there looking at the sky or wherever he's at and he misses one right between his legs and commits an error. You know, that just would just floor me, you know, make me so angry. I, I didn't know what to do with myself because, you know, we, you know, if you're going to win the game, everybody has to be actively paying attention. Everybody has to actively be involved and everybody's got to do their job and play their spot. Um, right. And that's the way I look at the body of Christ is, um, you know, you may say, well, the pastor is like the pitcher. And you may say, well, the, the music minister, he may be like the catcher. And then you may say, well, I, I'm not playing those positions, but that doesn't mean that, that your role and the gifts that God has given you are not as important as maybe a more outward or more visible gift may be. You have just as an important part to play in the church. And if you don't play your part and, and do what God has called you and equipped you to do, then the entire team or the entire body of Christ will suffer and will not be as effective at, at glorifying Jesus Christ. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's hard. It's hard to win a, uh, it's hard to win a baseball game when there's nine players on the field, uh, you know, when there's supposed to be nine players on the field, but, but you got to play with eight. Um, <laughs> you know, it, that's, that's just uh, that's a big ask. And, uh, and so when, you know, when the church gathers, I mean, and if you come to, like if, if somebody were to show up at my church, you know, this weekend and, and, and we were to, you know, introduce ourselves, but let's just say I, I told my folks, Hey, when you introduce yourself, tell them who you are, tell them whatever else you want them to know about you, but then tell them what your spiritual gift is. Um, wow. You know, and, and it would be, that'd be so weird for a, <laughs> for, a, for a person who's never been a part of the church. So we're not going to, 
I don't know that we're going to do that, but, but let's just say you had to tell them what your spiritual gift is. Well, I have people in our church that, you know, we've, we've taken a spiritual gifts inventory before and, 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 you know, there's people in our church that, that know my gift is my, my gift is hospitality or, uh, or my gift is mercy. I've got one lady that like, she'll, she'll tell you my gift is not mercy. Uh, she'll tell you that my gift is, <laughs> my gift is teaching or my gift is, is, uh, uh, you know, equipping or administration. And she is extremely good at all those things, but she, her gift is not mercy and she knows that. And so, uh, and so if, you know, if you come in on a day and, and, you know, you come in one Sunday and you've had a rough week and you know that you, you know, you know that you need some encouraging, uh, isn't it great to have a person there who's, who's their gift is encouraging people that they, they are, they are, uh, they are people who are who are just gifted by God to build other people up, Amen. and uh, and and you can go to that person, and that person is exercising their gift, and they see you, and they encourage you, and they love on you, and they spend time with you, and you can tell that person, man, I've just had a rough week, I feel beat down, and and they have it within themselves, and are looking for opportunities to build people up. Um, Very well I mean, what, what an amazing gift that is, and. And I, you know, if you're listening and, and you think, well, I don't have any gifts. Well, we've already, we've already established that. Yeah, you do. If you're a Christian, absolutely. You do. Um, you know, the question is, are, are you taking advantage of every opportunity that God gives for you to put that gift to use for the building up of the body, um, you know, for the building of the kingdom of God. And so, um, you know, if, if, if you're, if you're not there, then obviously your gift is not being used. If, if you are there, but you're not looking for opportunities to use your gift. You got to know, you know, I'm, I say this with all the love that I can say it, but you got to know that your church is not as your church is not what it should be when you're not using your gift. Oh yeah. That that's so well said, you know, um, and I've even had Brian people ask me, well, how do I know my spiritual gift? And I know you mentioned you do a spiritual gift inventory and those are so valuable to so many Christians to, to participate in one of those. And I believe they have some of those online you can take as well. But the way I think about it, when you're, if you're listening and you're saying, okay, we all have a spiritual gift. We all need to utilize our gift and be a good steward of it in the church. Um, well, how can I identify my particular gift or gifts? And my advice would simply be number one, what are you passionate about? Yeah. You know, what, what, what do you feel in your heart that God is, has put a passion or a burden on you that, that you feel like God is directly calling you and directing you to do? And then number two, once you have identified, you know, that passion or that burden that you feel like has come from the Lord. And then number two, you need to begin to uh, exercise your gift um, and kind of follow that passion. And like you were saying, look for opportunities to, to use that gift in the church. Of course, you want to respect and follow your, your elders, um, your pastor's leadership and, and, and not do nothing insubordinate or disrespectful, but in coordination with your local church's leadership, look for opportunities, ask your pastor for opportunities, ask your board of elders for opportunities. Um, And then number three, I think you'll need to look for fruitfulness. So you need to have a passion or a burden you need to look for opportunities to to exercise the gift that you believe God, the Holy Spirit, is giving you. Then number three, look for fruitfulness, which would mean 
as you use this gift, are people being blessed by it and are they being brought uh, closer to Jesus Christ? And I, I mean, what do you think about that kind of litmus test for somebody as far as maybe, I, you know, identifying which of the gifts they have and then kind of using it and then looking for that fruitfulness? Because I know some people who say, hey, God's called me to be a preacher and bless their heart. They get up there to preach and you're more confused when they got done than when they started. And so <laughs> I, yeah. don't, I don't want to be disrespectful, but I may say, well, my brother, God may have called you into the ministry but it's not the ministry of being maybe an elder or a pastor or a Bible teacher, but it may be something else that God is gifting you in because obviously he's not gifted you in that. And I'm not saying that to be judgmental or mean spirited, but if God has truly gifted you in something, you're going to improve in it. And there will be fruitfulness um, that God will bless what you do because he's enabling you and empowering you to do it. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Um, I think one of the most, I think one of the most overlooked uh, things that that we should consider, and oftentimes we don't. Whenever we're, uh, you know, sometimes I, I think we, we're guilty of hyper spiritualizing our gifts. Yeah. Um, one, one of the, uh, I, I spent some time at a church uh, uh, that that where I learned a lot. I grew a lot, but one of the things that I that I learned and, and it just kind of clicked and made perfect sense to me was when I, when we were talking about our gifts and, and, and what we, uh, you know, what God had, had equipped us to do. Uh, I heard the the pastor there say, well, what are you passionate about? And I, and it was never put to me, uh, that, that, you know, maybe your passion or your desires might be an indicator and I certainly don't need to be the, the, you know, the only indicator, but, but they are an indicator of those things that God has blessed you and, and equipped you to do. Um, there's a Bible verse that I think is, I think we come up short sometimes when we, uh, when, when we, uh, when we breed it and, and try to understand it, uh, the verses for it's God who works in us both to will and to do that, which pleases him. Amen. And I've heard, I've heard, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of preachers skate by that verse with a simple explanation that is, you know, that just means that God will, that God will give you the ability to do whatever it is he wants you to do, that, that you don't have to be afraid to do it because God is going to equip you to do it. Um, you know, to do that, which pleases him. Well, the first part of that is, is that God, that God will, uh, grant you a will to do that. There's two things there that he'll give you the ability to do it, but it'll also give you the desire to do it. It's, yeah. It's, you know, for, for it is God who works in us both to will and to do that which pleases him. Well, well, to will is to want to or have a desire to or a passion for. Yep. Um, and so and so if if we if we hash that verse out fully um, and do it justice, it's that it's that God will work in us not only to give us the ability to do what he wants us to do, but also to give us a desire to line our hearts up, our wills up with the will of God. That's exactly what, what Jesus, you know, had, you know, taken place during his ministry. It was, I, I want to do the things that I see the father doing. Um, exactly. and, and, and we are, I mean, part of the, one of the, some of the Bible's language in discussing Christians is, is it says that we've been predestined to be conformed into the image of his son. Well, well, 
you know, if we're conformed into the image of his son, I don't know what Jesus looks like, uh, right. but I don't think it's the outward appearance that that, conf- the, the, that conformity is, is pointed at. I, I think it's more the more the inward appearance that Jesus was a guy who uh, one of his defining characteristics was love. Well, Christians should be more should be growing in in in, in love and be loving people uh, that, that uh, Jesus was a virtuous person. Um Christians should be growing in virtue. Uh, Jesus was a person full of faith, and so Christians should be growing. And if you go to Second Peter chapter one, there's a l- huge list of things that says that if you want to make your calling and election sure, well then look for these things. And if you're if you're if those things are present and abounding or growing in you, then that is that is evidence of your calling and election. So so if if that's the case, then shouldn't we shouldn't we be growing in our in those opportunities where our will lines up with the will of God. And and so if you're a Christian, I would ask the question to you, well, what are you passionate about? What, you know, does, what gets you excited? Does working with children get you excited? Then, then maybe God has gifted you to to do something in children's ministry. Uh, Does, does loving on people who are broken, broken hearted. Does that, does that, does that give you joy? Does that, uh, is that something that gets you out of bed every day? Uh, well, then maybe you maybe you have the gift of mercy and you should be uh, using that, you know, in, in uh, ministering to those who are broken hearted. So, I mean, there's just there's that's a tremendous indicator that I think is is uh, very, very often overlooked. Um, no, I think that's but, well. No, that's well said. And it kind of when you were saying that, it reminded me of First Timothy, chapter three, verse one, where it says, you know, if any man, you know, aspires or desires the office of an elder, he desires a good thing, but then Paul immediately goes on and lays out the qualifications that one must examine his life and the church must examine his life to see if he has uh, the the necessary fruit or uh, qualifications to qualify for that office or that gift or that position. So it's so important that if you're listening to this and you have a passion or desire um to, to serve the Lord, that that could be an indicator of your gift. Um, then you need to look for those opportunities um, and get, and, you know, look for fruitfulness, you know, look, ask your pastor, ask your elders, ask your church members. And if they're being blessed by you using that gift and Jesus is being magnified, that's a really good indicator that you're on the right path and that you're using the gifts and talents that the Holy spirit has given you. Now, when we talk about these gifts, Brian, I, there's so many different ways you can organize them real quick. You know, some people, you know, they do revelatory, non-revelatory. They do, you know, kind of the ordinary and the extraordinary, the common, the unusual. And so really the way I, I love how Peter does it in first Peter chapter four, basically, you know, in verse 10 and verse 11, where he divides them into speaking gifts and serving gifts. You got to love Peter, man. He's a blue collar fisherman, just a good, a good old Alabama boy. You know, that's how I think right, about Peter, right. where Paul was more of your, you know, your PhD in theology, highly educated. Uh, Peter is one of us in, in a lot of ways. So when you think about using, if someone's listening to this and they, I just would ask them real simply, if you think about what are you passionate about? What do you feel like God's gifted you to do? What are you good at as far as bringing people to the Lord? Think about it in terms of do you have a speaking gift or are you more of someone that is has a serving gift? And 
you know, many times in the church, the speaking, the speaking gifts seem to take prominence and people think they're so important. People that have the gift of teaching or evangelism or the gift of exhortation can sometimes be used as far as, you know, speaking, but also those gifts of serving as far as what you have mentioned, the gift of mercy, the gift of hospitality, the gift of helps, uh, the gift of administration, um, the gift of service, whether that be a deacon or a deaconess in the church, could you know, all those serving gifts to me are just as important as the speaking gifts. So if you're listening, think about, are you someone that is gifted as far as speaking and communicating God's truth in a powerful, effective way? Um, or are you someone that prefers to be the behind the scenes and serve but you're going to have at least one of those spiritual gifts. And I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think that, you know, you're going to have at least one gift and it's probably going to be, you're probably going to fall into the category of even of, a, of being a server or a speaker. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, 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 uh, you know, the, I hope, I hope this will encourage somebody. Uh, I, let me, let me share. I, I got a friend that, um, he is, uh, he is a, one of the more gifted music ministers I know, um, just tremendously talented in, in the area of music ministry, but you know, he is not the best singer I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he is, uh, I mean, he can sing, he, you know, I'm not, I'm not bashing his, his, uh, his, his voice at all. Um, but he's, he's just, he's not the best vocalist that I've ever heard. He's, yeah, but but he is an amazingly gifted music minister. Now, now, if you're asking, well, how you know <laughs> what in the world? Um, he he he's a guy, and and uh, and I, I don't know where he gets it from. He he play he he plays the guitar and plays the guitar well. Um, but but he is he knows music so well. And, and and he loves music so much that that he's he understands how things are supposed to be. He understands how something should flow. Uh, he he was a guy that that he he's the one that taught me how to move songs from from one key to another seamlessly without uh you know without having to cut the music off and and planning planning a set list to to uh you know that that makes for as few breaks as possible. Um, you know, he's, he's, he, I learned a ton about music from him, not the most gifted singer in the world, but he knows music so well. He, he put a huge band together, managed that band, kept and, and produced, I mean, several CDs and, and, uh, and just does a phenomenal job at, at making sure that he puts people in places where they can use their gifts. And he's not the best singer in the world. He knows that. So he surrounds himself with amazing singers and they're, if you were to go to the to their church, you would you would swear that the guy who is the music minister is the one who's out front with these you know with this big amazing voice and he's doing all these runs and, and frills and, and and just singing his behind off. Um, but he's not. He's the guy over there in the shadow playing electric guitar and and just kind of managing things from over there. He's out front. Like I mean, he's he is a focal point of of the church. Um, and uh and and he's i mean he's not the guy in the spotlight he's not even the guy that's uh that's singing background vocals he's just over there with his guitar managing things and making sure things go smooth and planning on the next 
planning the next uh, uh, worship session. So, um, so just because you don't have the out there in front gifts, like you might, you might really want to, you know, to be a preacher, you, you might, you might love to study the word. You might love to, uh, you know, to, uh, uh, to, to dig in there and be able to show other people things, but, but, maybe maybe you're best suited to teach a sunday school class instead exactly um yeah maybe maybe the maybe the highest and best use of your gifts is not out front of the whole church maybe it's just in front of a small group uh maybe maybe you're maybe you you thrive in facilitating discussions in a small group setting maybe maybe you uh you know maybe you really want to do youth ministry maybe you know maybe a one-on-one mentor better suits you than, than being the youth pastor and growing a big youth group. I mean, there's, there is, uh, I've, I've got a friend that, uh, and she is an amazing teacher. Um, and, and I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm her pastor, but I learn things from her very, very often. Um, and, uh, and, and she appreciates me. She loves me. She supports me. She doesn't in any way, you know, make out like she's better than me. Um, but, but at the same time, she is a phenomenally gifted teacher. Um, but she also understands the, the, the male role in, in the leadership of the church and, and, uh, how that is supposed to be. She has a very biblical understanding of church government and, uh, and she supports me in that. And I'm very, very grateful for it. Uh, and so her gift is best suited in, in, teaching ladies, teaching young women, what it means to, to be Christian women. She's, uh, she, she has spoken at several women's conferences. I mean, she's just an amazingly gifted teacher, but, but one who doesn't, you know, who has a very biblical understanding of her role. And so, um, so there's, there's a lot of ways that we can use our gifts, I guess is where I'm going with this. Um, I agree with you. Sometimes it's out in front of everybody. Sometimes it's, behind the curtain, behind the scenes, or off in the shadow playing your guitar. I mean, it's, it's, that's just the way it is. No, that's a great point, you know, and, and I think about the speaking gifts as far as if you're listening and and you enjoy studying the Word and you really understand the, 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 the doctrines and the teachings of the Bible and that you have been gifted to effectively communicate them to people in a way that they better understand God's Word and they're brought closer to Jesus through your teaching ministry, if that's your passion, if that's your gift, look for opportunities in your local church to lead a Sunday school class or lead a small group or start a Bible study at your house. And of course, talk to your pastor, talk to your board of elders and make sure, you know, you know, you're in line with, uh, you know, with the, with your shepherds who are at your local church. But if you have a speaking gift like teaching, look for avenues to use that gift. And like you said, you know, people, um, I know people at my church, um, and I know some people that want to have that spiritual gift of teaching or may think they have it, but, like, <laughs> you know, bless their heart, when they try to teach a lesson, it's so discombobulated, nobody gets it. And that's that's when we have to kind of face reality and say, I need to go back in prayer and really study myself and just reexamine what has God really gifted me to do and not try to force, not try to force something that God has not gifted you to do, but if he's given you that look for opportunities, people will be blessed by what you do and brought closer to the Lord. Um, and like you mentioned too, I mean, other speaking gifts such as exhortation, man, um, I'm so thankful. I'm sure like you and your church, pastor Brian, you know, when people are so encouraging to one another and they can just lift your spirits when you're down and out and, 
and I have people, um, you know, on Facebook live that are just, they, I can tell they have that gift of exhortation of encouragement. And, and I know people that have the gift of evangelism and they can just boldly share the gospel and they're not ashamed to be a witness for Christ. So if you have those gifts, use those gifts in the church and, uh, and bring glory to God. Now, Think about, like you had mentioned, those serving gifts. Um, I think your wife definitely has the gift of helps. Um, I know my wife has the gift of helps as well. Um, and we have men and women in the church that have the gift of service as far as the same word for deacon or deaconess, where they are, you know, they're recognized as the church as people you can count on and people that will come through for you and help you with some physical things in the church so that it can free up the elders to preach and teach the word of God. And um, I mean, just think about where we'd be if we didn't have people with the gift of service or helps or generosity or hospitality or mercy. Um, and even other people that have the gift of leadership, that kind of behind the scenes can help organize and plan out events so that they can be a success for the church and for God. I mean, every single person has a gift and I think it's just imperative that we, identify them and we begin to look for avenues to use them because sitting in a church pew as i've always said is not a spiritual gift <laughs> right right well i mean there's a and i think we mentioned this the other night that every that every born again believer in jesus should have uh well let me put it this way in order for a person to be i don't think that you can truly come to faith in christ without realizing that that you're a sinner in need of a savior uh, to, yep. to some degree, you must understand that, that there is a danger out in front of you. If you're going to be saved from that danger. And we use the term saved uh, often in, in, uh, in the Christian church to, to denote someone who is, who has been born again. So, so if, if that is the case, um, if you're a genuine believer, then, then you have to have at least some understanding of your, of your own depravity. Um, definitely. And, and so as a person who understands their own depravity and, and understands the fact that if they were given what they deserve, they would be given hell for all of eternity. Yeah. Then that should stir us, you know, that should stir us where, you know, in a way that, that causes us to be passionate for God's glory, because outside of the sacrifice of Jesus and his love for us, we, the Bible says that we love him because he first loved us um, out, outside of our, he, he demonstrated his love for us in sending his son to the cross while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. It's also a, a, a maybe afterward. Uh, Sam can can pick up all these verses that I'm dropping and give you scripture references <laughs> for because I don't remember them like he does. But 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 the Bible says that uh, that while we we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. Is how we understand what love is. Um, and because of His great love for us, we should be passionate for His glory. We should be passionate for for uh, for for opportunities to show others how great He is and and to hold His name up high and celebrate who He is and what He's done. So, so if that is the case, uh, then, then Christian, the very best way that you can make much of Jesus uh, is by using your gift to the fullest extent to bring glory to God. And, and, so, and so what is the gift that you have and how are you going to use it? I mean, it's Thursday night. You got Friday and Saturday to plan so that, so that when you come together with the church body on Sunday, you could put your gift to use uh, in, in building up the body, encouraging people, um, and making much of Jesus. So, so whenever that time comes, uh, 
remember the sacrifice of Christ, allow gratitude to stir in your heart, uh, and, and demonstrate or show that gratitude, that gratefulness in, in showing love for Jesus through the use of your gift. That's well said. No, I completely agree with you. And, and I think that that's something we should all think about because we all have those, we all have at least one gift and, you know, the gifts listed in the Bible are not necessarily exhaustive by any means. Um, there can be various gifts and various combinations of gifts. Um, but, you know, think about if you're listening tonight, you know, like we have already mentioned, what, what, what exactly are you passionate about? What, what is a burden that God has placed on you and, um, and is, you know, placed on your mind and heart and you really feel like he's calling you to do something in the church? You know, if you have that burden, then look for avenues under the leadership of your church. Find appropriate avenues to utilize that gift and to be a good steward of that gift out of gratitude and worship to Jesus. And then thirdly, look for fruitfulness. Um, you know, if the Holy Spirit has empowered you to that gift, he's going to bless the use of that gift and people will be edified and brought close to Jesus because of the Holy Spirit working in and through you. So look kind of for those three things that we mentioned and get out there and start using your gift and talk to your, your board of elders, your pastor, your deacons. Find ways to use that gift. And, and as more people get, and I'm sure, Pastor Brian, you'll agree with me, as more people are actively and consistently involved in church and they start utilizing their speaking gifts or their serving gifts and they're actively involved in the church, that they're going to feel more fulfilled. They're going to have more joy. They're going to have... Um, they're going to have a greater sense of purpose and how if they say then if they're tempted to not go to church, they maybe they'll say, well, man, you know, I can't go to church. My church is counting on me to do X, Y and Z, because I think so many people now, for whatever reason, maybe it's ne uh, negligence or whatever it may be. Uh, when they get up and go to church, they don't do anything. They don't encourage anybody. They don't greet other people. They don't contribute uh, with their talents or their treasures. Um, they don't, um, they really don't try to do much of anything and they just kind of sit in there inactively, uh, just occupying a space. And that's not what God's will for us is. God's will for us, uh, in Ephesians chapter two, verse 10 is to walk in good works that he has already prepared for us. And some of those good works will be utilizing our spiritual gifts in the local church that God has put us in. Oh, absolutely. Well, and, and it's, uh, you know, there's a, there's a mindset that uh that's fairly prevalent now this used to not be that way but there's a there's a mindset that's fairly prevalent in our churches today and and it's revealed whenever you hear these words well i just didn't get much out of that church service <laughs> and, <laughs> oh my word that's a class and, and i and and i get like i hear you i hear you i, I what I, what you're saying is that you weren't encouraged challenged or or uh taught today you you don't feel that you that that there was any any benefit to you in that church service? Well, I hear you. Okay. And, 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 you know, if you say that when you come to church service of mine, well, maybe I'll work on that. I'm sorry. But, but, but the question then, what did you give to the church service? Did you show up and give it? Cause Bible, Bible teaches, I believe that it's more blessed to give than to receive. Oh yeah. Um, so, so if you want a blessing out of being in church today, well, did you give anything? Did you encourage anybody? Did you welcome anybody? Did you love anybody? Did you, uh, did you give generously? Did you pray uh, fervently? Did you did you you know beg the Holy Spirit to move and to save sinners and encourage the brethren? Did I mean did you do did you give any of yourself 
at that church service. And I promise if you show up and pour your heart out for Jesus in those church services, if you worship hard, if you use your gifts, if you do, uh, if you take advantage of all things that are there, you'll get a blessing for being there. And it, it don't matter if your preacher ain't no good. Uh, I mean, the, the, you'll, you'll, you'll get a blessing from being with God's people. And uh, I'm sure, I'm sure at, at our church from time to time, uh, the, the preacher ain't on. And, yeah. and I'm, and I know that to be the case because the preacher is me. So, so sometimes the pre- hey man, he just ain't got it today. And and if you were to tell me that, I'd say, you know what? I agree with you. I just be honest with you. I don't feel like I had it today. Well, well, maybe maybe it wasn't on my shoulders that day. Maybe there was somebody there that they didn't need to hear a word from me. They needed to be loved by you. Yeah. Uh, they needed to be encouraged by their by their brothers and sisters in Christ. They needed somebody other than me to tell them about God's love and about God's mercy and about God's grace. And so. I think it's worth noting, and I know Sam's fitting to land a plane here with us, but it's worth noting that um, that that during this podcast, if you stay tuned to Vintage Christian Truth, um, we we call this, and Sam can correct me if I'm off. We call this Vintage Christian Truth because if something is vintage, it means it's good because it's old. You know what I mean? That's right. And 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 it's. And, and here's, here's a, I think, I think part of the reason why we named this podcast the way that we did is because there are some, there are some old truths, some old church Christian truths that, that, uh, that are good and are right and, and are, uh, but might be looked at as outdated or, yeah. or, or we, or maybe it's not that we look at them as outdated. Maybe we've just forgotten them. Maybe we've just kind of got out of the habit um that there are some things about living the christian life that should never become old hat but they have and uh and that means from time to time uh you might hear us say something that you feel like you know kind of rubs you the wrong way or or challenges you in a way that you don't necessarily appreciate and 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 you got to understand Sam and I, we say the things that we say here out of a heart that that has love for you and love for Jesus and mm-hmm. and wants you to wants you to realize the fullness of God's grace and mercy uh, in his gospel and, and, and wants you to experience the joy of a, of a life lived fully for him, uh, you know, as best you can. Yeah. And, and we're not we're not claiming to have all the answers. We're not, you know, anything like that. But but uh but if something's not right and hasn't been right, then somebody's got to say, "Hey, that ain't right," and and we and we can do better. We can do, you know, we can do better than that. Some sometimes we're gonna talk about stuff that's just out, outright heretical. Some stuff that's just that's just ridiculous and should never be said. We're, I'm sure we will have opportunity during this podcast. And one right now, season one's on the church. Maybe season two is on is on word of faith movement god help us maybe <laughs> maybe we just do one on on the prosperity gospel or, or maybe just just crazy crazy doctrines you know season two crazy doctrines and on vintage christian tree so so you know we're going to point out some things that that according to scripture is is just off and yeah. and and one of the things that we've that we've made way too popular or, or maybe popular is the wrong one that let me just say one of the things that happens way too often 
is people who claim to love Jesus and yet there's nothing in their life that tells you that they love Jesus. Yeah. Um, they don't go to church. They don't use their gifts. They don't serve. They don't give. They don't do anything other than say that they're a Christian so that whenever they die, they get to go to heaven. That's it. And, and that's, and that is not Christian living. That is not, uh, that is not a life surrendered to Jesus. Yes. That's well, very well said. And so, you know, as we wrap up tonight, I just want to thank everybody again for, for listening to the Ventures Christian Truth podcast with Pastor Sam and Pastor Brian. And we're continuing uh, our first season here focusing on the church. And we've we've talked about tonight just kind of a, a, a flyover of spiritual gifts and and the importance to know that you have one and that uh, you need to uh, pray and ask the Lord to guide you and, and look at your heart and your life to see what spiritual gift or gifts you have and to begin to seek appropriate avenues to utilize them in the church, all for the glory of God out of love for Jesus. And I believe as you do that, and as you come to church, not so much to be entertained, not so much to get, but if you'll come to church to worship Jesus, and if you'll, and if you're coming to church to worship Jesus and you'll be coming to love and serve your brothers and sisters in the Lord so that they may know him in a more fuller, deeper way. And that's where your blessing comes. That's where the, the joy and the purpose that's and right. the satisfaction, that's where it comes. The modern church gets it, you know, it's vintage. We're going back old school. The modern church is all about how we, how can we design a service to please people? And I think the better way would be, how can we design a worship service that pleases and exalts Jesus and equips and empowers every member of the body of Christ to use their gifts. And as we do that, that is where the blessing and the joy and the fulfillment will come to us. So I appreciate y'all tuning in to our podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you'll listen and share this through social media as we're kind of getting our podcast off the ground. And uh, I want to thank Pastor Brian for, for joining us again. And we're going to pick back up. Hopefully we're going to do two of these a week and see how it goes. And so we're probably going to do a couple more episodes here on the church. And if you have any questions or comments, you can just, or, or ideas for future episodes that you would like to hear, just email those uh, requests uh, to pastorsamdavis at yahoo.com, pastorsamdavis at yahoo.com. I'll be reading them and me and Pastor Brian will be checking over them and we'll hopefully maybe include your name and your questions in our next episode. So thank you again for watching. And uh, Pastor Brian, thank you again, my friend. Thank you, brother. All right, y'all have a good night. Thank y'all.